Welcome to Origin Gates' daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be chatting with you today for about 15 minutes or so. And I want to share something that I that I just I feel like it's important to us all in, in these days of so much noise in the world and so much conflict and cultures and, and uh, just so many things are rattling out there. I want to try to just bring all of that to a calm just long enough for us to consider something that I believe is vitally important to those who carry kingdom reality in their life. And I want to talk to you about the beauty of horizon. You know, when you can't, when you can't see a horizon that it inspires you to dream forward, you can always look back to a memory that moves you so deeply that you'll just look again. And when you find the right memory, it will always point you to a new horizon. And it'll also give you permission to dream again. You know, horizons are, are where dreams and memories linger, I believe. And they just wait for you to notice and wait for me to, to notice and acknowledge. And, and uh, when you notice and when you listen, you'll find that you'll have eyes to see. You'll have ears to hear. Because horizons are invitations. And uh, sometimes they're just an invitation uh, to have a, the right to choose what you listen to. So exercise that right. Uh, find a place, a physical place, that you can just sneak away to. Maybe it's a walk in the park. Maybe it's a walk down by the river. Uh, maybe it's just sitting on a picnic table down by the river. And just sit there and find in the middle of this crazy, loud, noisy world, just find that place of escape. I can never hear the parable that I'm about to speak here or share with you that I don't think of this as a reality. Because in, in Mark 4, it says, and again, and this is Jesus, of course, it says, and again, he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude gathered to him. Well, I can imagine that when they all gathered there, uh, when Jesus began to teach, it brought everybody to a sense of order and focus, wouldn't you think? And uh, when that multitude gathered unto him, he got into a boat and set out on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. So not only are they looking to Jesus, they're also looking at a horizon. Now stay with me, this gets a bit interesting. Then he taught them many things by parables there. And he said to them in this, this teaching, he says, listen. And then he said, behold. So you see, ear gate and eye gate. I, and remember, Jesus was a beautiful example of one in, constantly aware and sensitive to the Father's presence and speaking from that place, because I only do what I see him do, and I'm only going to say what I hear him saying. Now, it happened as he went on telling these stories, you know, he he created these beautiful pictures, these, and I think there was a panoramic view of all of the metaphor and all of the, the I, I, let's, let's just call it uh, sacred intuition. As he would engage his imagination, 
joined with the desires and the presence of the Father, he began to speak from a place that I'm sure was so profound and so beautiful that it began to awaken hearts to see what he was saying and not just hear what he was saying. Because when he gets to the end of that parable, and you can read the parable for yourself, I won't take the time to do it right now, but when, you, when he gets to the end of it, what does he do? He said to them, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And I think that let him hear can be an invitation, but that, that it can also be a proclamation. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. As in, let there be glory and honor and power and praise. As in, let there be light. As there is, let there, you know, let is a, is a powerfully commanding word coming from a, from a place of the truth of the word of God. It's, it, it's a proclamation. Now, after sharing that parable with them, telling that story, born out of imagination and presence, it goes on to say, but when he was alone, he sort of explains to those that are around him, in other words, with the twelve, they, when they ask him about the parable, he said, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing, they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. So really what he was doing is he was using this powerful communication mechanism to just bring people into an awareness and an understanding of, of the beauty and the wonder of who the Father in heaven was. And he set them in a place where there was a horizon in front of them and a redeemer in their midst. So, because he had come to redeem. He was there to redeem everything that, that, that had been lost in the heart of man, in the mind of man, in the, in the life of man. I mean, he, he was, the, the full, he was the, an expression of life. And remember also that life for us is, is not made of years. It's filled with moments. And he portrayed so many moments that they could carry with them as they would remember those stories and remember those images and remember the metaphor and remember how, how he would have told them and by what force and what power and what, what beauty. I mean, I can imagine that they would, they would walk away. I know I would. I would walk away remembering that moment. I would remember that horizon behind him. And, uh, you know, horizons are where dreams and memories linger and wait for you to notice. And, and when you notice, listen, eyes to see, ears to hear. Horizons really are invitations. Do you ever think about when, when you can't see a horizon that inspires you to dream forward, you can always look back to the memory of those moments that something so profound happened in your life. You know, those things that move you so deeply that you just want to look again. And uh, I, I, I dare say the best place to find those moments are, are beside of rivers and, and beside of streams and looking over, over mountain ranges and places where the distractions 
and the noisiness of this world has yielded to the beauty of the moment that you're living in. And remember, life is not made of years only. It's, made, it's filled with moments. So much of life is overlooked because of the noise of this world. And again, I dare say that that's why Jesus would have spoken these parables from places without distraction. Not the old city and the crazy busyness and the loud uh, world. Uh, you know, you have a right to choose what, you, what you'll listen to. So exercise that right and uh, begin doing that today. Choose what you will listen to. You know, when, when I think of um, places like Nashville, Tennessee, New York, L.A., Paris, London, I've been to all of those, and I'll just tell you one thing. They, they can be pretty loud and, uh, and at times quite obnoxious if you're trying to hear anything other than the noise of the cities. And, and, and I, there's a certain amount of intrigue to, uh, like, to places like New Orleans and, and, again, London and Paris and L.A. and so on. There's a certain amount of intrigue, and there's a there's a certain um, a wonderment about it all, and and I love to go to those places and love to experience them. But you know, the more the city thrives, uh, the more poets and prophetic people struggle to fit in. I think, and there's a reason for that, because that struggle causes many of them to lose their artistic authenticity and lose originality. You know, when songwriters moved to Nashville, it's quite a culture shock. There's a uh, level of intensity in the creative realm there and in the spirit realm for the creatives that's pretty profound. See, originals are not always supposed to fit in a place like that. If you're going to uh, have some artistic authenticity and originality, you, you may not fit in the hustle and bustle of it all. Some people thrive on it. Some people... Uh, drown in it. But originals are not always supposed to fit in. Remember that. And uh, and prophetic people are not always supposed to fit in. Maybe you're supposed to uh, go into the mountains and, and when you hear from God, then walk back into that culture carrying something that's a bit uh, earth-shattering uh, because you're coming from a completely different place, if you know what I mean. These originals that, that sometimes don't fit in, they're supposed to be originators, not fitter inners. <laughs> they're supposed to be imaginators. They're, maybe they're supposed to be revelators coming into those loud cultures to reveal and then go back to the place where you have a horizon. Go back to the place where it's one voice that's being heard. Go back to the quietness of the authority of the voice of the Lord in your life. See, some creatives find it difficult to find God when they're surrounded by so many man-made things as there are in a city, you know. And think about it. It's man-made vehicles racing down man-made streets, crossing man-made bridges over man-made streams to get to man-made buildings, housing all the man-made industries and all the man-made sights and sounds. And many, many folks feel forced to compromise their creativity and partner then with man's expectations because man's expectations are also man-made many times, are they not? 
And what you'll do when you yield to that, fully yield to that, you'll no longer be an originator. You'll be an imitator. And soon you'll be, you could possibly become just another one of the imposters. Live with your expectations uh, born, born out of originality and return to wonder. Find a way to get your life to return to wonder, beauty, and imagination wrapped in integrity. That, ma that makes a pretty good combination for originality right there. You know, and, and maybe you have a purpose and you belong there in that noisy environment and, and you're supposed to be there. But, you know, consider this. We don't always fit where we belong. You know, poets and uh, prophets and people who are supposed to be looking at horizons and hearing one voice. Sometimes you need to engage in the, the words of those parables and those truths and the, what you're hearing him say. Just like if you go on back to this Mark chapter 4, it says when he was alone, he spoke differently. And he told him, hey, you've been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Well, let's, let's, let's get alone with him and have an understanding of, of the mysteries of the kingdom. And then we go back and we're carrying something significant because it's important, uh, you know, poetry, for example, or, or journaling even. Uh, it, it slows you down and enables you and enables you to consider. Because, you know, look, if, if you think about journaling, journaling is an invitation to reconsideration. It's an invitation to meditation. So again, Find you a coastline. Find you a riverbank. Find you a mountain range or waterfalls. And just make the choice and determine, today I am deaf to the noise of what man has done. I want to listen to the voice of the one who created all this beauty. When your world is full of noise, remember that quiet is not the absence of sound, it's an invitation to listen and hear life. Well, hey, God bless you guys. I um, hope you enjoyed the chat. Let's do it again soon.